Everybody, welcome to Good Talk. The it is going to be a good talking talk. that is good things yes. that we talk about Slay here on the Queen. Good Talk. <laughs> it's your boys. You're so good at those intros. Cody and Robert here once again. <laughs> I'm moving away from the microphone, so hopefully I'm not yelling in your ear. Can we just have Cody do this for like 25 minutes? 25 <laughs> minutes of answering your podcast. questions in an obnoxious <laughs> type of way. Uh, reminds me of Dumb and Dumber when he's like, "You want to hear the most annoying sound?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Speaking of which, I was wondering. That, look it up. Now that I'm like being loud and obnoxious, I realized last my night uh, in my message it got pretty loud. So pretty fast. loud. And, so and loud. Some of the, uh, I guess, senior high students they came up to me after was like, "What happened yeah. over there last night?" Yeah. And so uh, essentially, I had like this big pinata situation, and oh, I had like fun. Joey just go ham on it, and we all just started screaming and yelling. But I heard you were in like a pretty quiet moment. <laughs> <laughs> it went yes. down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so was, like, was, ah! your, was, uh, was the small worship doors open? It was. Yeah, we yeah. need to, we probably yeah. need to, like, because well, we leave it open to watch the lobby. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But we can make it to where, like, senior high's doors <laughs> open because the room in there is so much bigger. Yeah, it yeah, absorbs yeah. the sound. As, the, like, the smaller room, there's only one way for the sound to go, and that's out the door. Uh, <laughs> and so, so good. yeah, we, it was a struggle. The struggle was real. <laughs> like, I was trying to have, like, this. Moment, this sober moment, really of, honing like, in and focusing God, the students in up. Our lives and Cody's <laughs> good times. Uh, you're trying Mistakes to talk about really made. deep stuff, and some students are like, "I kind of wish I was in that party room over yeah. there." <laughs> All the students in senior high last night Junior were like, "I keeps getting Man. candy over there." Uh, it's oh funny because I started service last night by saying, "I don't have a witty." illustration for you tonight nothing fun i just have this message <laughs> and then, and then, and then I hear you guys across the hall and i was like man i oh bet you all of gosh. senior high is like thinking the about their, room their, their life choices and like what did i do by staying in here Anyways. oh my gosh all right so we're gonna get we're just gonna jump right in tonight you know i hope that you guys are ready to to get some some good talk in your brain holes today because yeah. we got some good things brain from holes. From from us and from the word of God yeah. and from from yeah, it's just gonna be good times. Let me just say this though. Maybe yeah. it's because we're coming off of last night's service where it was <laughs> heavy and eat. The the word of God does have harder things to talk about that we necessarily sometimes don't want to hear, mm. I think. And I think lots of times people just shy away from those topics because either it's not culturally appropriate. And when I say culturally appropriate, I mean, if you take a stand for these things, you become like an outcast of yeah. society. But the Bible, I mean, so are we just supposed to disregard subjects that make us uncomfortable? Mm. Or are we supposed to continue to talk about it because it is God's word? And I think that we have to make that distinguish that anything in God's word is not off limits. Yeah. It's all in there for a purpose. He's an intentional God. Yeah. He has, what's that word, intentionality Yeah, sure. about him? I mean, he did everything with intent, and all of God's word is to keep us on the path that Jesus has for us so we can receive these blessings and these promises that he died to give us. So I just want to encourage everybody, yeah. when you're reading your Bible in your own time or when you're in a church service, if it is a topic that's maybe like, I mean, it's slapping, yeah. you know what I mean? Just keep an open heart and an open mind because not everything we read in the word of God is like blossoming flowers and, mm. you know, and like daylilies and like, oh, 
the angels singing from the heaven. Oh there are difficult things in there that we need to talk about and corrections we need yeah. to make in our well, lives. Maybe we should go with the other question about contextual Bible and like understanding your Bible. I mean, we can, yeah. yeah. I mean, I almost feel like if you're gonna, if you're feeling that right now, I think that we could jump into that question right now. We had two questions basically on the yeah. talk, the docket this morning, and we were trying to figure out which way to go. And it almost feels right because, you know, you're saying that essentially, like sometimes when it comes to the Word of God versus culture mm. and what society says, sometimes it might almost feel uh, like maybe we are discriminatory when we stand up for God, or mm. the world wants us to believe that we're being discriminatory when they we take a stand They will definitely label that. you that way. Yeah, and I think that uh, essentially one of the questions that we had, they kind of gave an example, but their question was, how can we make sure we're getting the most accurate depiction of the original Bible and the Hebrew, and how can we make sure we're not taking things out of context when learning, you know, preaching and theology, and essentially, like, how do we make sure that when we're reading the Bible, we're getting exactly what the Bible means? Right. And so one of the things that I've not always been really good at, but I feel like more recently so, especially as someone that's trying to communicate the gospel, mm -hmm. I'm trying to do a much better job at when I'm preparing my, my messages I really try to, uh, for one, figure out the context of what's right. happening in that situation, but also take out key words and be like, okay, let's go to this website that Robert showed me. Basically, yeah. it's called Bible Hub, and it kind of breaks down almost every single scripture, finds other scriptures great that, that relate to that scripture that maybe talk about similar themes or messages. And then what's really cool because this person mentioned Hebrew, is it takes these scriptures and it breaks it down, whether it's, if it's Old Testament, it takes it back to Hebrew, and if it's New Testament, it takes it back to Greek. Mm -hmm. I think that's correct. And it, it basically shows it back to what the original language should have said. And the definition of and that word. And the de definition of it. And what's interesting is sometimes the definition or the word can be dim different or similar depending on the context of how it yeah. was used. Yeah. And so kind of going back to taking a stand for God, you know, one of the things that we all focus on, and I, even myself, I try to hold to it as well, in the book of John 14, where he talks about basically keeping my commandments. Yeah. Love the Lord God with all your heart, yeah. and then love people. And those are the two greatest commandments. That's right. And what is interesting about that word keep, and what it means is to take guard, mm. to protect. Yeah. And, and to basically take seriously, and and that's me studying and contextually right. looking out yeah, and, and looking back at the Greek and figuring out what does this word keep actually mean. And what's cool is back in the day, and I'm going on a tangent no, here, good. but it's like it's back awesome. in the day, the word keep also kind of similarly meant like to ward over. And mm. back then, like a warden was someone that had charge over an estate. Right. They were someone that, that was like if something were to happen on that property, it had to go through the warden first. Right. They were the one that was in charge of the property. Mm -hmm. What went on that property, what went down on that, the activity that took place that had to go through the warden first, and they had to either allow it or disallow right. it. So when it comes awesome. to like the word of God, and when we're trying to keep the commandments, mm. loving the Lord God with all your heart, so that's not just saying, like, I love God with right. all my heart. That's right. saying, whatever God talks about, I love yeah. and want to follow after that's that. Right. That's really We good. have to take what God says at his word right. very seriously. So when it talks about how he created man yeah. and woman, yeah, and he created man and woman on purpose for a purpose to right. come together 
to enjoy one another in marriage and also procreate yeah. and do all these things and be a team together. Those are things that we should fight for. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Those are things that we should fight for and not, not regardless easily, of the backlash. Yeah, and not easily let go of because that's what God created and we yep. should love what God created. Yeah. Yeah, and the easiest way to interpret Scripture is with Scripture. Exactly. And so that reference that you just made about woman and man, mm-hmm. God created them to be fruitful and multiply, as he said in the beginning. And then it's all through the Scripture from start to finish, you know what I mean, about a husband loving his wife yeah. and about how a man will leave his mother and father to be joined with one woman. I mean, it's so we don't have just one Scripture. Mm-hmm. We have multiple Scripture to give context yeah. so we can process Scripture with Scripture so we can build foundational doctrines and beliefs in our life. There are certain Scriptures in the Word of God that there's just, like, it's randomly, yeah. at least it seems sure. haphazardly <laughs> or random to us, and it's in there. And if you just find one scripture, and this is where a lot of people get in trouble, they'll take one singular scripture without any cultural study or yeah, any, yeah. like, word study, and they'll take one scripture, and they'll build their whole life around that. And that's not really appropriate. Mm-hmm. You're so, doctrine is something that you see mentioned multiple times throughout yeah. scripture. You have out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. Yeah. So you have multiple disciples, multiple apostles multiple people, holy men of old who were moved by the Holy Spirit, getting the same thing many, many years apart from God, bringing inspiration to us, and that's doctrine, and that's what we build. So you always interpret Scripture with Scripture. You always interpret the Word of God, not with man's opinions, not with secular books that man has written. Mm. You always interpret Scripture with Scripture to truly get to the authentic uh, Word of God and what is being said and what we're supposed to build our lives. Now, let's say this. There is a difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible. Mm -hmm. There's a, and and I think it's important to say that, like, uh, like you just said, you get so much context when you not only do like cultural studies, but you also get context when you trace it back to the Hebrew Mm -hmm. and the Greek. uh, And you just like, there's a scripture, I think it's in first John three. And it talks about how, uh, Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil. Mm. And like, we just hear that scripture and we're like, oh man, you know, we have, everybody has like their own different version of what it means to be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. But when you study that word out in the Hebrew or in the Greek, it actually means low. I think it's low It's L O U. I've never been able to really pronounce. Yeah. Greek I, I or never Hebrew. try. <laughs> never just try. Like, it's that really weird just, looking word. Yeah. So I say, I say maybe it's low luau, whatever it's L O U. But that's what that word destroyed Mm. in the original context is said. And what it means in the Greek is to be released from. Mm. So when Jesus said, I have destroyed the works of the devil, what he's saying is, I've released you, the believer, from the works of the devil. And I teach that in Bible Institute. And I say, look, you can look all around the world. The works of the devil are still here. Yeah, yeah. Sickness is here. Poverty is here. Confusion is here. <laughs> These are all works of the devil. Right. You know, insecurity is here. Hatred is here. Racism is here. The works of the devil are still very vibrant and alive in the world that we live in, but mm-hmm. the believer is no longer subject to yeah. those works because we have been released from the works of the yeah. devil because of the work of Jesus Christ. And so I think it's important because when you have actual 
correct interpretation, it enables you to fight differently. Mm. Because if I think, well, the works have been destroyed, I'm yeah. never going to have to fight. But if you understand yeah. I've been released from something, ergo it might try to come back, yeah, yeah. I need to fight against it right. so that way I don't allow it back into my life. And so, you know, proper interpretation and, and studying God's word yeah, yeah. really helps us and equips us to grow yeah. and to walk with God in a better way. Um, you know, I did a word study on that, John 15, where it talks about you abide in me and I mm. abide in you and abide. In, and lots of times I just thought, well, that means like, you know, abide. Like I'm, I'm in a, I'm like in a, I'm, <laughs> I'm a, in a big hug right now. I don't now. even know what it means. You know <laughs> what I mean? But when you actually study it out, it's like abide means to like show openly when you're out in public that you love Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he's like, walk in it. yeah. So he's like, abide in me. What's he telling you? Well, at Kroger, you need to you know, yeah. I love you not to be in, that's what the apostle to Paul be said. proud. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel yeah. because it is right. the power of God. Yeah. Salvation. I think, uh, and obviously this is a, a good example. Uh, one translation, the passion, it mm. says abide and it's, and they, they kind of go further and they say to live in life union. Mm. And so, and I think I've always really liked the passion, how it articulates that. And we can kind of talk a little bit about how the passion is kind of more of a paraphrase. There is translation, but there is a lot of paraphrase within the passion translation. Yeah, it's translation. technically not a biblical translation. Right. It's a mixture. The The guy that did it, there, he translated, but everything that is italicized is his own words. Hmm. And so if you read the translate, if you read the passion, you can actually see what is translated and what is paraphrased yep. by looking at the Bible. So that's why it's not a good study Bible, right. but it can be a good Bible to help you get a clearer picture of what the Word of God says. So like in certain situations, like with the word abide, when he says that when you abide in me, when you live in life union mm. with God, mm. my word will remain in you. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's such a cool way to look at it because mm. like with me and my wife, I live in the life union yeah. with her. I abide in my wife. And so like even though she is not with me in this place right, right now, I am still married to her. I am still yeah. proud to be her husband yeah. and I will still defend and fight for her whether she's in the room that's, or not. That's so good. And I will stand up yeah. and fight for our marriage whether that's right. she even knows about right. it or not. And that union that you have with her, even in the absence of her presence, yeah. you still live and conduct yourself in such a way that is yep. honorable before that union. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the way we should be as Christians. Right. And so even like I just talked about it last night and the message uh, that I spoke, but in John 15, because that's where I was last night. (laughs) But it says in verse seven, it's like, and then as you're living in life union, you can ask for whatever you need in my name and it'll be done for you. So like even with me and my wife, like we live and honor each other in such a way that we're in this life union together. Whatever she needs, I'm going to be there for her. I'm going to help her. Whatever I need, she's going to be there for me. She's going to help me. Even the difficult things. Even the difficult things. And so that's why it's... It's important to really understand and connect with a word like abide yep. because it can help really transform your relationship yep. or the severity of what your relationship should be with God. Yep. So when you hear a scripture and you're like, I don't really quite understand that, it might be a good idea for one. What I like to do is like, all right, let's see what multiple translations that's, are saying yes, here. That's good. Let's go to Bible Hub Different or version. even in my Bible app and yep. go like, okay, what does King James say? What yeah. does ESV say? Yeah. What does NLT say? And if I start seeing some commonality yep. between some words, it really starts to give me a better understanding mm-hmm. of what's being talked about yep. right there. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't think I ever study for a sermon and not use 
in every single scripture multiple translations yeah. before I actually put that scripture in my notes. Yeah. Just because you got to get context. Yeah. you got to know what is actually being said here. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, even though God's word is alive mm-hmm. and it's living and it's always relevant, it was relevant a thousand years ago, it's relevant today, it'll be relevant a thousand years from now because it is a living organism. It is the breathe, the breath, the word, the living word of God. And so, so it's always going to be relevant. With that being said, it was written in a different time period. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and so in order to get context, I must do my due diligence. And, mm-hmm. and as ministers, we take this exceptionally serious, yeah. right? It says study to show thyself approved. So I'm not going to get up there. You're not going to get up there and minister something that I haven't gone through the word of God with yeah. a fine-tooth comb and figured out what is being said right here, yeah. you know? And even like we did the Mighty Men's conferences last weekend, and my final point in the mat, you know, was that, Adam, we were talking about Adam and Eve and how he was supposed to be mighty man. Anyways, and I said the last thing he did that he was guilty of is he gave up. Yeah. And then I said, and I don't know if you remember me saying this, I said, now I don't have scriptural context for this. This is me projecting. You know what I mean? But I can't see any other reason why he just stood there and did nothing other than the fact that he gave up. Yeah. I mean, well, that makes sense, though, because... I mean, almost similarly before, like he was one that was given charge over yeah, the estate of the garden. It, yeah. He was the one that meant to keep it, to right. take guard over it. And even if he didn't give up, he obviously let his guard down. Right. I mean, he clearly allowed the serpent to come in the garden. Right. Whether, like you said, he gave it up or just took a moment of not caring. Right. He gave up. Right. And so I think we just have to be clear, mm-hmm. even when you're studying the word for yourself, you got to understand when you're projecting something. Yeah. And when God's word is actually saying something. Yeah, exactly. And even with that, I mean, I, I'm i on TikTok. It's no secret. I, I find myself there. And I, 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 I love it because I, because of the algorithm, I find myself always on people that are deconstructing. But I love it because I can find out what are people having problems with the word of God. And it helps me have something in my back pocket to be like, all right, let's help fight this. Let's mm. help prove that God yep. is good. But anyway, uh, there's this this. He's he's a pastor, but I it's just interesting. But basically, <laughs> he talked about how <laughs> when Jesus told Lazarus to come out, it wasn't that he was trying to get him to come out of the tomb. He was telling Lazarus to come out as gay and to be confident. And that when Jesus said, come out, he was saying that you can come out and I will support you. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, how? <laughs> how? Like, how did you ever get to that conclusion like where why yeah you know and i just don't understand that that people like this man and i have nothing against i i I want to when i see people talking like this my heart breaks for them because that's just not the truth and that's what so many of us even myself and i'm sure you've done it from time to time we take something in god's word and we twist it to fit our personal agenda we want the word to say that yes we want so badly at times, yeah. to justify yeah. our our actions or something that we are like, all right, I really want to believe yeah. this. I yeah. want God to tell me that this is yeah. okay. And so you find a scripture in like this moment. He's like, all right, I'm a gay pastor. Yeah. I found a spot where Jesus said, come out, come out, and right. that's what the world tells me to do. Come out. So it must make sense. And but so see, that's it's the, dangerous. But that's what we're talking about, though. That's so contradictory to what all the other scriptures say exactly. about that particular lifestyle. Yeah. And so you can't take, even though that's not even close to the context of what Jesus is saying right, right. there, 
you can't even manipulate that to fit your agenda when you hold it up against other scripture yeah. because it just doesn't hold up right. because there's no other scripture that supports that agenda. Yeah. There's no other scripture that supports that man's philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were reading a scripture last night that said, you know, you cannot be taken captive by men's philosophy. You cannot be taken captive by the spur- spirits of this world. Mm-hmm. And that's what that is. This man has his personal philosophy that he's applying to scripture. And so he finds where Jesus said, come out, mm-hmm. where he said two words, and then he unilaterally applies that to a lifestyle that the word of God does not agree with. Yeah. You know, and I laughed not because uh, I'm, 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 I'm making fun of him yeah. or even people that live that lifestyle. I laughed just because I know that it's not correct when it comes to scriptural. That would be like me going to a math teacher and being like, one plus one will always equal six. Mm. They would they would be like, no, that right. you can't. Why? How? Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's not accurate. Um, and so I'm not making fun of him. Yeah. And I'm not making fun of any community when I laugh at what right. you said. I'm just saying it just it's it, it. But at the same time, it is comical to me that we've gotten so good at making stuff up because we want to live a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what we talked about in the last podcast. You know, we, God said, deny yourself, Yeah, deny yourself Yeah, and pick up your cross and follow after me. The cross, there's no other way to cut it. It is a picture of suffering. Mm-hmm. It is a picture of hardship. It is a picture of sacrifice. Yeah. That's, that's what the cross is. And we know that we're not supposed to suffer in spirit. We know we're not supposed to suffer in the things Jesus delivered us from. I don't suffer with sickness, poverty, lack, confusion, eternal damnation. I don't, I've been delivered from all of that. Mm-hmm. But in the flesh, Robert's desires. Mm-hmm. If Robert's flesh wants to watch pornography, I must crucify that yeah. and deny myself and deny what I want to do mm-hmm. because the Bible shows me that that's inappropriate. Yeah. And I'm guilty of like the other day. If Robert's flesh wants to yell at somebody, right. I must deny myself and push that down. The other day, as you know, you know, I mean, some, we're not perfect yeah. in this. I we yelled at somebody moments. the other day, and I had to ask him for forgiveness. I was like, listen, man, that was so inappropriate. My bad. So I, I get it. We do have moments of vulnerability and yeah. weakness, but I don't live a lifestyle that way. Yeah, and I think that that's where it can get hard for some people to understand is that like, well, I have this desire. And so God must have created me this way. Mm. And it's like, well, no, God said that when you come, man, when you come alongside me and you accept Jesus as your Lord savior, I've made you brand new. And when you, I think we had done a, uh, we had uh, a few months back or that's that's a really good way of saying that. It's probably a year ago, I guess when we did a, we did sermon series together multiple times, but we were talking about Ephesians 2 10. He said that like, I've created you and uh, I forgot which word it was because it's just been so long, but you said something in the sense of like that word there is essentially saying like, I made you into something that never even existed Mm. before. So what you were born into doesn't mean that's who you are. Mm. You might be born with those desires because of what the world has produced in you or whatever, but God didn't create you that way. God didn't make you that way. God said, I made you into something new. You've been made anew in Jesus Christ. Mm. So your desires before Jesus are not your desires now. Yeah, yeah. Your 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 impulses before Jesus are not your impulses yeah. now. And it's okay to have 
the thought. It's okay to yeah. have the desire, but when you act on it and when it's you live different. it out, it's a different situation. Right. You're right. not supposed to live that way. You're supposed right. to live a life that is pleasing to God. Right. And if Jesus was tempted, we're going to be tempted. Exactly. I, I wish there was a silver bullet to get rid of temptation. I wish there was a silver bullet to get rid of desires that are not godly. Yeah. I wish there was a silver bullet to get, but I love what you said. And that's so powerful. And I'm going to say it again because I want them to hear it. Say it again. Just because you have a desire <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't mean that desire is from God. Yeah. Just because you have a desire doesn't even mean that desire is right Yeah. or correct. And just like you filter scripture with scripture to find context, we Mm. should filter our desires with the word of God to figure out if it's contextually right or not for our life. You know, just because I have the desire to steal something doesn't mean I should go steal it. I should run to the word of God, find out what he says about stealing and then, (laughs) and then figure out if that desire is appropriate. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's just like, that's so good. Like it's a good laugh. Right. But it's it's just an easy one to identify. There's more complicated ones. Like maybe I as a man, have a desire to be with other men. Well, I need to take that desire and run it to the word of God, get context concerning that desire. Mm -hmm. If I'm truly a disciple of God, Mm -hmm. find out what he wants me to do with that desire and then do it. And it's that simple. You know what I mean? The only reason it's complicated is because our desires are strong and we want what we want. And, um, but just because I want something, doesn't mean I can have it. Yeah. I mean, we're both parents. 100%. I mean, how many times do we have to tell our kids no? Oh. <laughs> just because they want something. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> just because they want something doesn't mean they're supposed to have it. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, my kids would eat popsicles every day, all day, for mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And now that they're older and they know how to open them and they know how to get it in the freezer and they know, I mean, they can just go get it. Rachel and I have to regulate. Just because, son, just because you have a desire to have a popsicle yeah. doesn't mean you can have 50 of them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> in this hour. Yeah. I mean, you got to regulate. Every time we go to Walmart or Target, they always want a new toy. They mm-hmm. always want, and even though they're not expensive, like a $3 car or, or this or that, just because they have the desire for that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's right for them to have that. Yeah. And so as the parent, I regulate that. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bible refers to God as our father. (laughs) He is the supposed to be the ultimate parent of our life. You know what I mean? Whether you've had good experience with parents or bad experience with parents, he is a good God Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he really is. And there's that misconception. Well, if he's a good God, why would he ever regulate what I want? Mm. Well, because he knows what it's going to do. If it doesn't line up with his word, he knows ultimately what it's going to do to your life. And that's, I think sometimes we get that bouncing ball syndrome where we're just so focused on the ball and we're chasing after the ball. We don't even care if it leads us out into oncoming traffic. We're just focused on it. But our parents standing back in the yard who has a greater vision of what's going on can see traffic coming. They're not focused on the ball. They're focused on our life as a whole. And then that's why they can be like, stop, you know, not because they don't want us to have the ball, but because they're trying to preserve our life. Mm. And so... To figure out what desires we're supposed to yield to and not yield to, we got to go to scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a good one: sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Like that was give, sexual desire is not bad. God, right. in the very beginning, He said, "Be fruitful and multiply." Yep. There's only one way that happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Through the fulfillment of sexual desire. Yep. That's the only way that you can multiply. Of course, now that we have science, there's other ways they can do it. Sure. You know, in a lab. But the and process stuff like that. is the same. <laughs> it's the Essentially, same. it's the Requires same. Requires these parts, ultimately. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that was God's intent from the beginning, be fruitful and multiply. Right. But just because he gave sexual desire yeah. doesn't mean we're able to fulfill that whenever we want right. and however we want. Right. And I think that, and that's something I've actually been talking to my wife about, like, just on the side, just something that I think 
a lot of Christians have been like burned by as we grew up was the whole purity culture movement and the there was almost shameful to even like think about mm. sexual desires right. like to for a, for a young person to desire sexual relations that immediately labeled them as a bad person and it's like no god gave you that yeah. desire and it is all right that you want to do that and that, that that you want to take part in that but it needs to be in the right context yeah. and so you wanting to have sex is a very natural thing that God, God given. given you. Yeah. yeah, God wants you to do that. So don't feel ashamed that you've had the thought or the desire to have sex. Just don't act on it Get yet. context. Get context. Okay, I'm feeling this way. I want to do these things, but there's a process that needs to take place right. before I can have this. Yeah, absolutely. And God wants me to have this, and I will yeah. fight to have this one day. Yeah, right. And... And we've even dealt with people that were raised that way. And then when they got married and they did it God's way yep. and they did it the right way. And then they were able to fulfill that God given desire of sexual, uh, uh, or <laughs> whatever that word is. Uh, they felt guilty afterwards right. because they had been because pounded they, in their head. Yeah. that Sex was bad. Exactly. Sex was wrong. You should not have these thoughts. It's of the right. devil. And right. it's like, no, <laughs> no, God created it in the beginning, but then he gave us context. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he doesn't want us just to, he didn't design the world for it to be one giant rave to yep. where we're just like doing all this, this stuff and fulfilling all these desires. No, he gave context yep. for it. A man and a woman, a man will leave his mother and father to be joined with one woman and they will be called husband and wife. Yep. And they will have this covenant between each other You're called right. marriage. Yeah. And, and that, that's the, that's context. You're right. And then once you've entered into that, then it's, you know, enjoy the fruits of what God has created. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But there's context for everything. Yeah. You know? And so it's important to go to God's word and see what he said about this stuff. Right. And then we filter it through God's word. And what it does is it produces a life of sacrifice, mm -hmm. but at the same time, a life of fruitfulness. Right. You know, even in John 15. Mm-hmm that we are branches that are supposed to yield fruit. Right. But the only way we yield fruit is when we give our lives to the vine. To be pruned. Which is Jesus Christ. And then it's interesting that he even said even the fruitful branches yep. will be pruned so they can be even better. Right. So like Rachel and I, we have a very fruitful marriage, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you and Kylene do too, but he's always pruning the branch of our marriage, yeah. showing us things we can work on to make it even more fruitful, exactly. to make it even better so it can be heaven on earth. But the way that happens is by us yielding to him, mm -hmm. being willing to, you know, okay, Rachel maybe said something and it triggered me and got me really angry. But then I look at God's word and he's like, no, let's prune this branch of anger. Right. And let's get that out of there because it's going to bring an element of toxicity into your marriage and mm -hmm. it's going to start creating this bad fruit. So let's deal with it. Mm. And it's up to Robert to deal with it. Yeah. It's not up to Rachel to deal with Robert's anger. It's up to Robert to be mm -hmm. like, okay. I need to put this in a box, you know, and get it under control. And I do that with the help of God. So that way my marriage can be fruitful, yeah. but it comes with sacrifice mm -hmm. just because I want to get mad. Doesn't mean I have the right to get mad, yeah. you know? And so I've got to go to him, go to the word, get context right. and then deal with it no matter the cost. Yeah. I think that probably the biggest takeaway from today is when you read your Bible, don't read it with the intent of like, what do I want to get out of the Bible today? Mm. Like, what what do I want the Bible to say to me today? <laughs> yeah. We need to read it in a way of like, what is God trying mm. to tell me today? What what it's is really good. what is the Word of God trying to say to me today? Yeah. Like, I don't go to Robert with the intent of him 
to tell me something I want him to tell me. Like if I have a question about something, and I can't really think of one off the top of my head, but I don't go to manipulate the conversation. Right. I sh- that would be a very unhealthy relationship. Yeah, it would be. To manipulate Robert into telling me what I want him to tell me every time I talk yeah. to him. That's not yep. a relationship. Yeah. That's abuse. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that. That that's not a good relationship. Yeah. We're not meant to go to the Word of God and and, and twist it and say, all right, what can I get out of it to to to, yeah. to, to satisfy my want and desire today? I need to go to the Word of God receptive yeah. and, and, a, and a humble position to to receive what he has for me. I talked about it last night, and I think the week before, actually. But it's like when we seek God and we are on the doorstep knocking on the door, we're actually putting on ourselves in a position to receive. Yeah. When we seek God and we set our affection and, our, and with, the, with the intent of saying, like, I want to get what God has for me mm-hmm. today. I want what's behind the door. That's that's you being in a posture of uh, to receive from yeah. God, and so we need to be in a place that, like, when we're looking in the Word of God, we don't twist it to get what we want from it. We just say, God, what are we? What are you trying to communicate yeah. to me? Yeah. And, and when we don't understand, we we look at other translations, or we try to uh, figure out, okay, what contextually is this scripture saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that one minister told me might have been you. I don't know. Someone said that, like, hey, when you read a scripture, maybe read five verses up and five yep. verses down yep. to kind of understand what's also being said here, because one context. scripture out of context mm-hmm. could mean multiple things. Yep. So, so do your due diligence. Run into it. <laughs> yeah, like try to figure out what is actually being said in context, and then also how does it reply to your life? Yeah. Yeah. And be honest with yourself. Yeah. And I think that that's something that can really help you grow in your relationship God with God is is to be honest with yourself yeah. and just let God speak to you. Yeah, and to get what you want from God, you must be willing to to to, to sacrifice what he wants you to sacrifice. Mm. And that's the way this exchange works. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get what I need from God or even what I want from God if I'm going to do it Robert's way. Yeah. I've got to do it God's way. Yeah. You know, and when I do it God's way, I'll get what God has promised. Yeah. But if I'm going to do it Robert's way, I'm going to get what <laughs> what Robert can produce. And what Robert can produce doesn't even hold a candle com- to, compared to what God can produce. And yeah. so, um, <clears throat> and then, you know, lastly, y- you have spiritual advisors around you. Uh, you know, they can also help. So if you ever have a question about scripture, you know, you've got Pastor Cody, you've got myself, you've got other people around you, especially if you're in the youth ministry, you've got youth leaders around you. And Mm -hmm. if they don't have one thing that we'll always tell you is, you know what, that if we don't have the answer, that's a good question. I don't know. I'll get back to you. And there's nothing wrong with that answer. I hate it when people feel like they always have to have an answer. How about give me a minute to study it (laughs) out for myself. The pressure's there for sure. Like, oh man, I have to know this answer, but it's okay to say, I don't know. Let me figure it out. Yeah. Let me study it. I don't want to speak out of turn here. Let me get you an answer and I'll get back to you. But don't just sit and stew on things and, and come to your own conclusions. If you don't know, you don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. Go to somebody who maybe God has shown them the answer. And maybe if they don't know, they can go to somebody or they can go to the word and, and help there. But I think that that's okay. We need to be comfortable not knowing. Yeah. And, and, and actually use that as a driving force to find knowledge yeah. from the scripture as to what God is saying. And so there's many ways to make sure you're getting the accurate yeah. Uh, study of this. And I'll, I'll add this lastly. I would even say like when you come to youth on Wednesday nights or whether you come to church on Sunday mornings and you're taking notes, I, I do this on a regular basis. I don't do it after every service, but I will go to the word and, and look what Pastor Mark talked mm. about for myself to make sure that it's biblically accurate. You know what I mean? Wow. Just doing due diligence. Look at you. <laughs> Dude, I don't take anyone's <laughs> word for anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except for God. Right. Um, you know, even though I trust Pastor Mark and Pastor Ronald with my life, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we, we 
do we should do this yeah it's a very you know good what practice, i mean 100%. Um, it is a good practice because you just want to make sure that everything is is biblically sound mm-hmm. and on the up and up and uh you know so you don't have to do that but i just i've always done it for the longest time that i can remember Especially if there's something that's said that I have a question about. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if something sticks out, it's you're like, I don't know how yeah. quite how I feel right. about that. That's when you go say, all right, does the Word of God say that? Yes. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. Right. At the end of the day, like maybe you don't know how you feel about it, yep. but then you start to learn how God feels about yeah. it. Yeah. And I'll say this before we before we depart. Mm-hmm. Um, I've established this in my life. Pretty sure Cody's established this in his life, and I believe it would be beneficial to you. I have made the Word of God the ultimate authority in my life. Yeah. So whatever it says, you can rest assured that's what Robert's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it may hurt my flesh. It may not be enjoyable to the flesh. Yeah. It may not even line up with my old sinful self and mm-hmm. my old desires that you said in, in, in biblically accurate, I've become a new creation. So God has put new desires on the inside of me, but that stuff tries to creep back in every yeah. once in a while and you got to stay guard. But just right now, it would be very wise of you to say, you know what? The word of God is the ultimate authority in my life. Mm. And what the word of God says, if it says it, I believe it. And that settles it. Yeah. So what it says about marriage, I believe it. And that settles it. Keep the commandments. <laughs> what it says about sin, it says it, yeah. I believe it, that settles it. Yeah. What it says about, you know, just whatever the yeah. subject may be. If it, the Word of God is the ultimate authority. And just because, you know, now that doesn't mean, and, and I love what you said, love the Lord your God and love, you know, we. this is a message of love. Exactly. And there's nothing in here that brings condemnation. Yep. Condemnation is always from the devil. It's always a message of love and a message of self-improvement. How yeah. can Robert be better today? Yeah. How can I be a better person to help those around me? Mm-hmm. How can I be a better example and, and demonstrate God's love in a better way? It's a good book, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that what's amazing about those two commandments that essentially fulfill everything That's is right. like when you, when you love God with all your heart and yeah. you're striving to do a life with Him, and then you then start loving other people. That's the, the best way to lead people it's to the Jesus. Way it works. I don't care if you're red, white, yellow, brown, or you're gay, straight, bi, or whatever. I don't care what label you put on yourself. That's not going to change my love for you. That's right. That's not going to change the way I treat you. That's not going to ch- what the skin color, the lifestyle, the orientation, whatever. All those things. It doesn't matter. Yep. At the end of the day, God tells me to love you, and I genuinely love you. Right. And I want to lead you into Christ. And so hopefully my life reflects that. Hopefully that my servitude to God pours out into the way that I treat people. And that's the best way to to lead people into the presence of God. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Of all the things. All the things things said. So get out there, read your Bible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just the, the final point here is, again, I know I just said it, but I'll say it again. So with all of those things and all this huge realm of thought that we just had, yeah. uh, regardless of what someone's lifestyle is, regardless of what this person believes or that person believes, even with Cody and I, who we have a very close relationship, even with Rachel and I, who's my wife, who I love dearly, regardless of what she believes, it doesn't matter what everyone else believes. Ultimately, I come back to God's word and yep. I say, what should Robert believe? Yep. <laughs> and I think we've kind of gotten astray with letting other, this is, the word says this, that Jesus wants to be the author mm-hmm. and the finisher of our faith. Yeah. So what does that mean? He alone wants to pen on our hearts what we believe. Right. And so he doesn't want 
the world and social media and politicians and teachers and maybe even some family members or even some pastors being the author. Mm -hmm. Now, they can be an enhancement and a supplement to what you believe, but he wants to be the author of what you believe. So don't let anybody, you know, especially influencers or celebrities or athletes or even some ministers, uh, you know, even Cody and I, don't let us be the author Mm -hmm. of what you believe. We can be a supplement to what you believe, and hopefully we're the right supplement. You know, uh, there's, you know, supplements can be good and they're there to help. And the way we supplement you in your faith is by giving you the word. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, let him be the author yeah. of what you believe. And the right. way you let him be the author is by going to the word, find out what's in there, do your due diligence, study the word with the word, do word studies in the Hebrew and the Greek, read five scriptures before, five scriptures after for context. Do your due diligence and let God build in you what you believe. Amen. So good. I hope that... There was something in this that I brought some clarity. Uh, I had a good time. <laughs> me too. I, I mean, it's just something that as I'm growing in my my faith too, like I love looking at other translations. I love taking it back to the Greek and the Hebrew now. And hopefully yeah. maybe cool. you can get there faster than I did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe with cool. us talking about this, it'll help you get a little bit more excited about the it Word does, of God. Man. You know, it'll help yeah. you like really bring it to life in yeah. a life uh, or a book that's meant to be alive. So when you're able to accurately figure out what's going on there it brings the word of god to life in you and so it's so good so hopefully uh that answered your question about you know context and translations and all that jazz and maybe it was just a if it didn't hopefully at least you got something out of it yeah i I think you did i believe that the word uh of god was you know brought to you today and i believe that the spirit ministered to you and uh, i feel really good feel great it's been a good talk same it's been it a has good, been a good talk it's been a good talk good talk oh we should write a, a little Ooh. theme song you know what i mean a little jingle good talk good talk okay it may have been one of the weirdest endings to our show ever so all right uh we need a jingle tori kelly oh my gosh bringing it all back to tori kelly actually if someone wants to write us a jingle i would write something for us that would be amazing uh, yeah, we'll give you royalties. Oh, um, well, maybe. <laughs> we'll figure that out in the, the contract. contract. <laughs> love you guys. All right, we love you guys. Send us submissions, please. See you next time on Good.